Welcome to the Daily Devotion with Pastor Terry Reynolds. It's so good to be with you today as we continue on in our series on the gospel. Yesterday, as we looked at it, we were able to determine that the word gospel simply means good news. And the good news is concerning the person of Jesus Christ. As we said yesterday, that good news that God sent his son into the world to die for our sins, that truly is good news. The good news that our sins can be forgiven. I believe that really is good news. And it's good news that a victory over sin and death and hell. It's good news that we can belong to the family of God. And it's good news that one day we will leave this body when we die and live with God forever and ever and ever. To me, that is good news. How do we discover this good news? Well, it's through a relationship with God that is brought to us by the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is good news. And I believe that as we study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, our lives will be enriched, enriched in how good God's word is to us, how good God is to us, each and every one of us personally. As we start here today, if you have your Bible, we'll be in Matthew chapter 1, but I'd like to mention a few things as we get established. First of all, the Bible, as we study it and read it, it's God's Word. It's inerrant. It's been established that the Bible is absolute truth. The definition of inerrancy simply means without error. It's referring to the the historical and the scientifically scientific accuracy of the scriptures. God's word is true. Also, it's infallible. That literally just simply means that it's it's without error. It's not able to break. It, it really speaks of the divine character of scriptures, and really is necessary for truthfulness. And then inspiration is the third thing that we know about the Bible. It literally means God breathed. In 2 Timothy 3.16, we read, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness. See, the Spirit moved upon the writers of the Bible as God revealed His Word to him. In 2 Peter 1.21, we read, For prophecies never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the, what? The Holy Spirit. See, God was in control of the Bible from Genesis through Revelation, every part of the scriptures. And I'm so glad, I'm so glad that we have God's word that we could turn to, that we could have God's word that we could rely upon. You know, the thing that's so interesting about God is you study not only from the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament, one thing that we discover is the beauty in the order of God. See, God is a a God of order and in design. Well, all you have to do is take a look at the universe and you can see the tremendous order in which God moved and how he works within us. Well, you know, God also has a plan in the scriptures. He has a plan of redemption. As you study the Old Testament, and we'll mention them as we go through the Gospels, there's over 300 prophecies concerning the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
over 300 of them. They've spoken by all kinds of different people from different from, you know, kings to uh, to countrymen, basically, and and how they all came with one story over a vast period of times, over different uh, countries as they spoke and as they were moved by God's Spirit, they came and they spoke about the person of Jesus Christ. Because in the Scriptures, as he talks about the Old Testament, it says in the volume of the book, otherwise when you look at all the Scriptures, it says it was written of him, written of Jesus Christ. God had a plan to redeem man back unto himself. So the beginning takes us back to the Garden of Eden. The beginning takes us back to the fall of man. The beginning takes us back to man, God's plan to redeem man back unto himself. And so thus we have the Gospels. Thus we have the beauty of the Scriptures that we see where God desired to have fellowship with us. I find it's interesting. We get a little insight on the heart of God where where it tells us that how Christ humbled himself and he became as man. He left his first estate in order that he might become who we need and that Savior that we're all looking for. And so all the way back to Genesis, to Matthew, we see a love story, a plan of God in order to redeem us back unto him. As we, of course, as we look at Matthew, as we start now in the Gospels, there was a 400 year of silence from the book of Malachi to Matthew. They're just simply called the silent years. Well, so, but Matthew begins with the genealogy of Jesus. Well, we should really correct that because it's the genealogy of Joseph at this point. In verse 1, we, we read the book of the generations of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. See, in the Old Testament, God had made a promise to Abraham that through his seed, all the nations of the world would be blessed. Paul in Galatians chapter 3, verse 16, points out that, that he, where he said, the seed is singular as the one, not plural as unto many, for that seed is Christ. So all the way back to the original promise there in Genesis is God made it to Abraham that through his seed, even it says in Genesis and singular being seed, all the nations of the world would be blessed. And so here we're seeing in Matthew chapter 1 as it speaks about the person of Jesus Christ, as Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was promised that through his seed that the Messiah would come. The promise was repeated later to David. God said to David he would build him a house and that they would never cease one of his seeds from sitting upon the throne. And that, that again was a prophecy. And David understood that to mean that the Messiah would come from David's line. I think that's amazing. How can that happen unless God's in control? As God is leading. So first of all, Abraham through Jacob. And the promise was given to Judah that the scepter would not part from Judah until Shiloh came. Thus, then through David, and so it is, it is a person who, if there's anybody who laid claim to be king of Israel, he would have to prove that he had a kingly lineage. Not anybody could be the king. They had to follow 
within the family line there. And it should be noted that, that this would be impossible today because hundreds of years they have lost the genealogical records and no one of the Jewish ethnic group can actually prove his genealogy. genealogy. They do not have records that go back that far anymore. They've been lost. But Matthew is seeking to show that Jesus is the son of Abraham, the son of David, and thus the right of, to claim the throne of Israel. Now, you know, I think it's so beautiful as you look not only at Matthew, but then as we'll be looking at the Luke's account tomorrow, the Luke's takes us a different route. Instead of going through Joseph's record, we go through Mary. And we'll talk about that more tomorrow. Matthew begins with Abraham, and it comes forward to Joseph. Luke begins with Joseph, the son-in-law of Eli, and goes back all the way back to Adam. So you'll find that from David, there's two different lines. Here in Matthew, from David, he follows the record of Joseph through King Solomon and through the kingly line, and, and so that Joseph was actually a son of David, an heir to the throne of Israel where Mary, her record goes back through David's son, Nathan. So from Abraham, and as we go back to Adam, and Abraham to David, the record is the same. When you get to David, you'll find a split in the record between Matthew and Luke. Luke traces us back through Nathan, the son of David, and Matthew tra traces us through Solomon, the son of David. You know, what you find is significant as you read this account in Matthew, and I would encourage you to read through the names and look at it. You find in verse 16 where Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary. Notice it doesn't say the father of Jesus. We'll talk more about that in, in future episodes, but I think you understand because Jesus was born. Her, his husband certainly was not, not, not uh, Joseph, but Jesus was as Mary was. Uh, certainly, we'll find out as we get farther in Luke how, how the Holy Spirit came upon her and she became the mother of Jesus. As we look at this and as we think about the opening here in Matthew. And tomorrow, as we look at a little bit uh, there in Luke chapter 3, see, God has a plan, a plan of redemption. And he's very careful on how he lays out this plan, that there can be no mistake that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is our hope. I pray that you will consider that, as God has a plan for your life, and that he loves you. And don't ever get, be discouraged. Don't ever give up if things are tough or things are hard. God has a plan for your life, and he loves you. And so until next time, this is Pastor Terry. May God richly bless you. Thank you for taking part in today's program. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at terryreynolds at agapechapeloc.org. Again, that's Terry Reynolds at agapechapeloc.org. Or you can write us at Agape Chapel, P.O. Box 4023, Huntington Beach, California, 92647. 
May God richly bless you.